what, what are you leading with this time? I don't know. I figured we'd just do this thing where we talk and try to figure something funny out to say. Something funny. Something funny that relates to college athletics. Um, Duke winning a national title. <laughs> I don't know if I would consider that funny. Duke is still a really good team. Duke has just run into a little bit of a problem. Okay, how about um, A&M making the college football playoffs? I don't know. It's hard to say when all their games keep getting canceled. You, you're right. You're right. But you know what is funny? You know what? You want to know what would be really funny, though? Mm-hmm. Sitting here thinking that uh, Clemson's about to make the college football playoff when they lose to Notre Dame in the ACC championship game. Ooh. Yeah, you're right. Okay, here we go. Welcome, everybody, into the Smith & Seidel Show, the best podcast available on all sorts of platforms, now including Amazon Music and Audible. I'm Jacob Seidel, along with Zach Smith. As uh, so Let's get this podcast rolling. Zach, how has your week been? Hey, man, exam week is almost over, and just want to throw this out there. The way you started off everything is you made it sound like we were starting an infomercial. It's like, <laughs> and welcome back, everyone. Come and buy this new product. Ta-da! That's how it sounded, but my week has been all right, man. Exam week has been lightly kicking my butt, but, you know, it's all good. Almost done with school, almost done with finals, and gotta appreciate that. Yeah, I I was channeling my inner Phil Swift here. To prove how good Ah. our podcast is, we sold this boat in half. But here's the thing. How can we show that our podcast is really good by sawing a boat in half? No idea. Also, I should mention, we are in no way uh, sponsored by the Flex Seal family of products, but we want to be. We're going. You, with- you say this with every single thing. <laughs> Zach, do you not want to make money with this podcast? I'd like to make a I little mean, bit. I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd love to. We put a lot of work into this. Yeah, we put a lot of work into it. And I- I'm following the JonTron method after he did his first Flex tape video. And then they sponsored him to do the second one. That was a funny video. I like the first one better, though. The first one was better. But anyway, we'll start this episode off the way we do every episode with Today in Sports History. And on this day, December the 11th, 1949, the Cleveland Browns beat the San Francisco 49ers 21-7 in the final AAFC championship game. Of course, both teams would later become members of the NFL. Interesting. And in those early years after the merger, the Browns would be a powerhouse in the NFL, winning a few championships along the way. Uh, And they're looking to bounce back to that status here in the next few years. Of course, we're not going to talk about the pro stuff. If you want to hear our takes on uh, the pro athletics from this past week, go back and listen to the episode that came out on Wednesday. Uh, but yeah, there weren't a lot of very good uh, sports history facts from today. No, but something that did happen on uh, December the 10th, uh, just a quick little breaking news update. Paul George signed a max extension with the Los Angeles Clippers. He will be there for the next five seasons. Again, he was a big reason Kawhi Leonard came to the Clippers. Um, again, we're, I'm, I'm just mentioning this right now because of the fact that it broke after our last podcast episode went up. Um, Paul George will be a Laker for the next five years unless he demands a trade as well. So we'll get that out of the way. And now we'll go into the news we broke on Tuesday. Well, not really broke, but reacted to uh, breaking today that the Big Ten has changed their rule that you had to have six games played in order to be eligible for the Big Ten championship game. 
This is notable for one reason. The Buckeyes will now play for a Big Ten title uh, and for, uh, with even with only playing five games. And from everything I saw, the consensus in the Big Ten was that even if Ohio State would lose to Michigan, they would have the tiebreaker over Indiana and they'd be in the Big Ten title game anyway. Yeah, and, and you mentioned it. This is important for a good couple of reasons. Uh, the first one being Ohio State. This this game getting canceled, the Ohio State-Michigan game, the game, arguably the best rivalry in college football. No argument um, about it, Zach. Sat, no argument I, about it's, it. It's arguable. It, it, no, I, I'm a Buckeyes fan. It's arguable. It is an arguable rivalry. Um, but... The, the game being canceled was not on Ohio State, and I think the ruling of the committee was, well, why do we punish Ohio State when Ohio State technically hasn't done anything wrong to deserve this? Um, we want to see the game happen. Ohio State is still looking for an opponent this weekend. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, maybe a couple of matchups we may see, but... And that's big, especially because of the fact Ohio State, some people have been talking that they do not deserve to be that number four seed in the college football playoff rankings. So the fact that they're going to be able to vie for a Big Ten championship game is going to be huge for the Buckeyes' success in the college football playoffs. Yeah, so they will play Northwestern uh, it, next week in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. Well, I'll be watching that game. I'm looking forward to that game. Uh, but the Indiana Hoosiers, who came off a win against the Badgers, 14-6, to uh, without, and his name escapes me first right now, Zach. Um, Michael Penix. Penix, Michael Penix, uh, able to get that win and beat the Badgers. They would have played in the Big Ten Championship if things stayed how they were against Northwestern. But that that brings me to this. Should the rule have been changed for Ohio State? Because first off, Ohio State fans are always the first ones to point out, oh, the committee loves Alabama. They're they're SEC. They want if they could have a four S team SEC college football playoff, they would. Should this rule have been changed for the Buckeyes? Because if the Buckeyes weren't in this situation, I don't think it would have been. So, just a quick correction for you. The Hoosiers beat the Badgers without Michael Penix. You mentioned that they, he was with them. Uh, no, Michael Penix has not pl- did not play against the Badgers. He is out for the year at the torn ACL. Um, should the, com- uh, the Big Ten have made the change for Ohio State? And my argument would be yes, and here's the reason why. When you put a situ- like the rule like that into place and you say, okay, you have to play X amount of games to be in here, You're establishing, okay, this is what we want to do. This is what's going to happen. But in this type of scenario, you have to be fluid. Like The the world is changing. Um, One of the games getting canceled before this Michigan game was because of Maryland, not Ohio State. The second game that got canceled was because of Ohio State, not Illinois. The third game, being this Michigan game, is because of Michigan, not Ohio State. Ohio State went out against Michigan State last week with a couple of COVID cases of their own. Their offensive line was battered. Head coach Ryan Day for the Buckeyes wasn't out there, but they still played. Now, if, if college football is trying to go the same perspective as the NFL is in the, um, the stance that if you can field a healthy roster, then you will play. If that's the way you're looking at it, then that's the way it's got to be. Apparently, for the Big Ten, Michigan was not able to field a healthy lineup, and therefore, the game was called. That should not affect Ohio State. So, the change being made, if another team was in that same situation, I think that it still would have been changed. If that was like Northwestern or Indiana, I'd say, yeah, you would make the change. You have to be fluid about it. It just so happens that in this situation, it's Ohio State. And that's where some of the backlash is coming from. It's purely because it's the Buckeyes. That, that you raised some valid points there. I, even as a Buckeyes fan at looking at it outside of my scarlet and gray blood, I I would say this rule shouldn't have been changed. The big 10 came out and said, Hey, you have to do this to be able to play in the big 10 championship game. Yeah. It was a stupid rule. But if you want to protect the integrity of your league, don't go back on your word like that. 
I think Ohio State would have made the college football playoffs without that game. The Buckeyes were try or have been looking to fill that spot, whether it was with um there was an SEC school that was thrown around a few times. Now uh, a Big 12 school we'll talk about in a little bit. I think if Ohio if Ohio State needs to play one game to get into the Big Ten title game, let them schedule that game. If that game doesn't get played, we have a different story. But if they had the opportunity to play a game, they, you should have let them play the game to become eligible. I agree. And and the thing that I'm going to mention, the fact that they made this change tells me that the Big Ten is prepared not to have Ohio State play this week. That's what that's telling me. Um, Ohio State has been looking to get the spot filled. They're, as far as I'm aware, they've been doing their due diligence to get the game filled. But what again, I the Big Ten is bracing itself that they're not going to let Ohio State play an out-of-Big Ten opponent, and therefore, because it's the Big Ten then blocking a potential sixth game being played, that they open up that type of door. Still, just a disappoint, like a weird news cycle on this. We found out on Monday the game was all, well, Monday it was canceled already. Ohio State fans had their fun or had fun poking at uh, Jim Harbaugh. And, oh, he finally found a way not to lose to Ohio State. But we'll find out what happens. Uh, I am going to mention this. I didn't. I don't. can't find the source I found, so I am not reporting this. I am simply saying there have been rumors that even through this abysmal season, Michigan is going to stick with John Harp or Jim Harbaugh, which I can't think of any valid argument why. Like even this season or before, Zach, do you think it's time for the Wolverines to move past Harbaugh? I do. And it's the pure reason of he hasn't been able to do anything as head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, he's gone to bowl games, but he hasn't done well in them. He goes up against three schools, three schools that you're expected to at least compete against every year. Most schools, they'll turn and say you have to win two, not three of them. That's Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State. Michigan is in a division with all three of them. And Harbaugh is told every year you have to just win two of them. Not only has he been unable to beat Ohio State, he has been very, very tough to beat Michigan State when you're Michigan. Penn State's been the one team that you've been actually able to handle. That's not good. You're not competing for Big Ten titles anymore because of the fact you're getting blown out by Ohio State since Harbaugh has taken over. And now this might be his worst coaching year yet. This team is not good at all. You've got some pieces, yes, and I, am, and I understand that a lot of your players go on to the NFL. But Ohio State's in the same boat. Ohio State loses many more players than you do. How are you still the coach, man? I, I don't understand. I think it's time that he goes. And I agree. Even as an Ohio State fan, I'm starting to feel a little bit bad for the guy because he just gets harped on. He comes in year after year. And uh, do you remember the Who's Got It Better Than Us video that got parodied after they wow. got destroyed, after Michigan got destroyed by Ohio State? I do not. It was. It's just like a clip of Jim Harbaugh saying, "Who's got it better than us?" And then like scores of Ohio State beating Michigan played to like somber music in the background. But you just, I digress. Jim Harbaugh, go back to the NFL. There's gonna be some At least openings. There you had some success. There's gonna be some openings in the NFL this year. You could probably land any NFL head coaching job you want. Just, you need to leave Michigan before you ruin your coaching career. We'll move on to the SEC now, and uh, Alabama, another big win over LSU. Bama sitting pretty on top of the college football playoff rankings. And do the Crimson Tide have what it takes to stay number one? No. No, they do not. So, Alabama is this type of team to, and, and the best, the 
best you know comparison I can make. Alabama is the New England Patriots of college football. They are the team that unless you are a fan of, you just cannot stand. And it's because they keep winning and they're annoying to play because you expect them to win every game. But what that does is it puts a target on your back. And Alabama's had some shaky games. But, you know, Mac Jones has looked really, really good. Just looking at this top four right now for the college football playoff, as it stands right now, as they were recording December 10th, 2020, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. That's the top four. Notre Dame and Clemson are going to play again. Ohio State's going to make it to the Big Ten championship game and likely be favored to win. Alabama gets probably Georgia. Or no, they get they would play Florida, wouldn't they? I believe so. Or is that I, I don't I think, think the SEC I want to say the SEC title game is still up in the air. Let me see. Go ahead. Okay. So in general, Alabama's got it good. But if I'm looking at the two SEC schools in the top 10 right now, it's Georgia at nine and Florida at six. That's not even counting Texas A&M at five. So three schools other than Alabama. And Alabama will play Florida in the SEC championship game on December 19th. I'd be nervous of Florida. I would be nervous of Florida. Kyle Pitts is good. All right. Very good. He's a really, really good tight end. Kyle Trask is playing like he deserves a Heisman, and I think he does. You know, when when I look at this Florida team, I say they're better than Alabama. They're more consistent than Alabama is probably the best way I'd say. Um, Notre Dame and Clemson are going to be right there. And again, I think Clemson will lose the Notre Dame. And Ohio State is right there. And I think that you're going to see a school sneak into the top four. I don't think Alabama is the team to beat. I don't. Um, Now, if you were to ask me which team is the team to beat, I don't know. I think that this year, all four of those spots are neck to neck to neck to neck. And that's why I think that they haven't fluctuated all that much since the college football playoff rankings have come out. But I think that Alabama is vulnerable, and I think they need to be prepared for that. Florida beat up on the Vols of Tennessee. Texas A&M beat Auburn. They're knocking on the door at number five in the college football playoff rankings. Without a game, but they won't play this week. So without a game, can the Aggies stay in the college football playoff hunt? I don't think so, Zach. They've had too many games canceled. They're not playing in the SEC title game. And honestly, I think Florida is a better team with them. Even with a Florida loss, say, Ohio State and Clemson or Notre Dame lose, I think they would take Florida over Texas A&M. I agree, and I think it's because of the pure fact that they're not going to play in the SEC title game. Now, the winner of the ACC will be in this top four. The winner of the SEC will be in this top four. Ohio State, if they win, will be in the top four. If they lose the Northwestern, the Big Ten will not be represented in the top four. Now... You know, I don't I don't see a way that two SEC schools go in there, especially if Florida goes and so like put put this scenario in your head. Hypothetically, Florida beats Alabama. Hypothetically speaking, of course. That would put Florida in the top four, no questions asked, in my opinion. Ohio State beats Northwestern, puts Ohio State in there. There's two. Either Notre Dame or Clemson will be in the top four, not both. I think if Notre Dame wins, you cannot justify having a two-loss Clemson to Notre Dame twice be in the top four. I don't think you can justify it. If Clemson beats Notre Dame, everybody's going to be like, oh, Clemson's the team right now. You're not going to beat this Clemson team, and Notre Dame's going to tumble. So that's three teams right there. And you're going to have a, a top four debate between Alabama. Whoever loses the Notre Dame-Clemson game is going to be put into that conversation. Iowa State is somebody not to sleep on, especially if they go and they beat Oklahoma again. And then, of course, Cincinnati. So four teams are going to be vying for that spot, not even talking about Texas A&M. You're looking at Cincinnati likely winning their um, their title game the in the AAC. Iowa State hypothetically winning the Big 12. Can you justify putting in two teams who are conference champions, Cincinnati being unbeaten, 
Can you justify putting them in there over a Texas A&M team whose one loss is against the Crimson Tide? I don't know. I don't think you can. I think that the fact that Texas A&M is not playing a game this week is really, really going to hurt them. And uh, I, th I think it all but spells the end of the Aggies' hopes to making the college football playoff. I think you're right. I don't see any scenario without a game this week that the Aggies can make the top four. The SEC, I don't see the justification. Yeah, I, I don't see it either. The SEC was uh, had a press conference uh, about an hour ago uh, that Zach and I thought it was something huge, and we were considering going live until we found out what it was when the news broke. Uh, we got rickrolled big time by the SEC. They have a new 10-year deal starting in, you said 2024, 2025? With Correct. ESPN to be the exclusive rights holder to all SEC athletics. So it looks like the game of the week in the SEC will be leaving CBS in 2024. And that, that, that kind of pushes us into the ACC a little bit. Um, Clemson and Notre Dame, again, they both won this past week. Um, Clemson, of course, playing against Virginia Tech. That game was a little bit closer than I think even Clemson would have liked. So that could have been really, really close. So uh, as we've mentioned, they will play officially in the ACC championship game on the 19th of December. So that'll be a really fun game. The, and, and with a lot of implications on it, too, the, as the winner of that game is going to punch their ticket to the college football playoff. And likely the loser of that game goes home. I don't so think my question is, do you think there is a scenario that Clemson and Notre Dame both make the championship? I, I one uh, I'm going to come out and say I think this game is not going to be as close as the game in South Bend was. I think Notre Dame knows where Clemson's uh for Achilles heel is and I think they're going to pound that all night. The only way both these teams make the college football playoffs is if it, Alabama and Ohio State lose in their respective title games. That being said, can you justify leaving out Cincinnati? Can you justify leaving out Coastal Carolina? Who themselves are going to have a big year, but they're in the Sun Belt. Not the same as the American. The, the American is a group of five conference, or a, pardon me, a power five conference, faking being a group of five conference. There's no pushovers in the AAC. And, you know, we keep jumping back and forth between do Clemson and Notre Dame make it. And I, I mentioned the scenarios already. You know, the, the winner of the SEC will make it in. No questions asked. Alabama is going to play Florida. Florida's six. Alabama is one. Florida, they beat Alabama. No, you, you can't even sit there and be like, oh, well, do they make it? Uh, yeah, they're the winner of the SEC. I don't see any reason that you can't justify it. Yeah, Texas A&M beat them, but Florida just beat Alabama, who beat Texas A&M. So that happens. If Ohio State wins, which hypothetically they do, that goes in, and then the winner of Notre Dame Clemson makes it in. There's so much in this top 10 that's really just confusing. I don't think the University of Miami makes it in. I don't think Georgia has a shot. Texas A&M I don't think has a shot. I think it becomes a three to four horse race between uh, Iowa State, Cincinnati, and then uh, Alabama if they lose. And then, obviously, the loser of the Notre Dame-Clemson game. Because somebody has to lose that game. And that's the most unfortunate part about it. That'll actually take us nicely into the Big 12. Oklahoma and West Virginia this week were canceled on West Virginia's side. Lincoln Riley has come out and said he is open to playing the Buckeyes. And really, for both schools, I think this is a great idea. That gives Ohio State another top uh, 25 game that gives Oklahoma a chance to prove themselves uh, while they get set to play the Iowa State Cyclones in the Big 12 title game. Yeah, Oklahoma, the number 11 team in the country, the best win that Ohio State has under their belt. 
I'd say is probably the Penn State game. I think that's the best game that they've got. You can argue Indiana, but I think Penn State was the best one that they've got. Um, you, you go and you put in this Oklahoma game. This is a team that has given you fits in the past. I think that would be huge. I think that's something really, really big for this team. Um, but the question becomes, is the Big Ten going to allow it? Yeah, you just saw BYU and Coastal Carolina get a game in 48 hours. But can you justify the same in the Big Ten? The Big Ten has been very, very tight about letting teams play. And I think this is a great idea for both schools, uh, especially because of the implication it would have to Iowa State. It had a big implication to Iowa State, who are on their bye week. Uh, the Cyclones are the are one of the dark horses for the college football playoffs. Uh, Iowa State beat Oklahoma earlier this season, thirty seven to thirty. And really, if the Buckeyes play the Sooners and win, will the Cyclones be in the college football playoffs? I think the answer is yes. Because we're not, we're going to see Clemson or Notre Dame. We're going to see the winner of the SEC, and we're going to see the winner of uh, the Big Ten. So that would leave one spot open. As much as I, I've been saying, Cincinnati's my number four team all year. The playoff committee has disrespected Cincinnati to the point where they basically sent a clear message to everyone. The Bearcats are not making it in. I think the Iowa state Cyclones will be that fourth team. If Alabama gets upset and if Ohio state plays Oklahoma and wins, and then they beat Oklahoma. So here's what I'm I'm going to say, and I'm, I, I think I just basically got the gist of your top four, so I'm not even going to ask your top four. Um, I'm going to say right now, and I, I've been saying, I think Notre Dame beats Clemson again. I said it earlier this year, and I'm going to replay it right here, right now. Notre Dame will beat Clemson again. Last time it was without Trevor Lawrence in South Bend. That's what kind of worries me. But I think that this game is a lot better because I think Notre Dame is playing with a lot more confidence. So Notre Dame makes it in. They are the winner of the ACC in my mind. And that's one. I think that Florida has what it takes to upset Alabama, but it's very, very difficult to upset Alabama. As I said, they are the New England Patriots of college football. They're annoying to play because you don't want to watch them just constantly win all the time. And I know people have the same thing about Ohio State and Clemson. So... Mac Jones is playing at a really good level. This is all being done without Jalen Waddle, who is one of their better wide receivers. Devontae um, Smith w- walked right in and he filled the role. They are playing really well and with a lot of swagger right now. So I give the SEC to Alabama. I give it to the Crimson Tide. I'd love to see Florida beat them, but I think just Alabama is going to play better. If Ohio State loses, the Big Ten will not be represented in college football in the college football playoff this year. And I, I do mean that. Um, but as of right now, it would be Ohio State and Northwestern. And Ohio State, I think, wins that matchup. So that's three right there. So Clemson has fallen out of the top four at this point in time. Uh, Florida, with a loss to Alabama, their name is pretty much wiped clear. Now, it's, it's tough. If Iowa State can beat Oklahoma, become the Big 12 champion... I think they make a good case. If Cincinnati wins the AAC, they make a case. Georgia will not make it in. The University of Miami will not make it in. Coastal Carolina, as much as you'd love to see the feel-good story of Coastal Carolina making it in, they will not make it in. So that leaves a three-horse race for one seed. Now, the simplest answer is, well, we'll move Texas A&M up. Texas A&M won't have played a game in two weeks. Their last game being a win over Auburn. Can you really sit there and say that the Aggies deserve that number four seed? Actually, can you? Texas A&M will be playing that week a rescheduled game against Tennessee. Ah, my mistake. So Texas A&M can get a win and just slide on in there. But, you know, can you give that to them over a a championship winner? And my answer, if you were to ask me, would be no. You're supposed to value conference championships. I've seen in the past the the committee not honor it. 
but I think that you have to give some, you know, some meaning to it, especially if Iowa State plays Oklahoma. Oklahoma is, again, the number 11 team in the country right now. If they don't play the Buckeyes and Iowa State beats the number 11 team in the country, I don't see any reason Iowa State is not the four team. So we're in a little bit of agreement. I have uh, Notre Dame as my number one team after championship week. Ohio State my number two after Alabama loses to Florida in the SEC title game. That puts Florida at number three. And just because I know how improbable it is that Ohio State and Oklahoma will meet up, and that's really the only option, I think, for Iowa State to have a chance to get in. I have Cincinnati. I still think the Bearcats can get in. And I think they deserve to be in there. Cincinnati, much like their conference, is a Power 5 school playing in a Group of 5 conference. They are probably the grittiest team in college football. As much as I'd love to sit here and say Cincinnati makes it in, I don't see it happening. I think, again, you're going to see this Cincinnati team look a lot like UCF did a couple of years back. UCF, undefeated season after undefeated season after undefeated season, and they just keep getting told no. That, 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 that That's the biggest thing, is they got told, no, you cannot do this. And, this and is why yeah, Cincinnati's need, really good. Not to go off on but a tangent, you, you but this is why it. we need an expanded college football playoffs. Four teams is not enough to give all these schools a chance. And and the way you do it is you turn and you give automatically, automatically, the Power 5 schools, you each get a representative. You turn and say, if you win and the conference championship is a thing, you get in. Period. So that would automatically put in Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, um, the Big 12 gets represented in this case by Iowa State. And from what we've been talking about in the Pac-12 right now, their best team is USC. So that's the five right there. And you expand it and say, okay, um, the, there's three teams left. And those three teams are the best three remaining teams in the country. Something like that. Something like that. Um I'm a fan of the extended playoffs. There's a lot of money that can be made by doing an expanded playoff. So there's incentive. It could happen. Just just to go off on a tangent, my dream playoff scenario is a 10-game playoff with the Power 5 each getting the automatic bid and the rest wild cards with the top two teams on each side of the bracket getting a bye. So a uh, very similar to an NFL format. Very, very similar to an NFL c- format. I think Before 10 the, teams the would the be dumb seven, The dumb seven-team thing that the NFL's got going on right now. I'm not a fan of it. Anyway, we'll go off. We got on a tangent. A good tangent, I will say. Uh, but we'll get back on track now. Pac-12, they have Colorado at 25 and USC at 15. They are all but out of CFP contention. So we'll go into BYU and Coastal Carolina. The mullets versus the Mormons. What a great t-shirt idea. Like like the old Catholics versus convicts game. Fantastic. And Coastal get a, got a hard-fought win, 22-17. to 17. And I think this says a lot about Coastal, too. You know, you go and you're sitting there and you're kind of a surprise team this year. Nobody, and I mean nobody, expected Coastal Carolina to be anything this year. Nothing. And then they win, and they keep winning, and they do well. And then BYU, who comes in feeling good themselves, turns and they get a ranked opponent. This is BYU's opportunity to sit there and be like, hey, we deserve a spot up in this top 10 in the college football playoff. We want our spot. We deserve this spot. We got to go out here and beat this Coastal Carolina team that's ranked this highly. And they didn't. This is a big game for Coastal Carolina. Moving on to number 13 in the nation. Yeah, a good game. A great Cinderella story, really, for Coastal Carolina. We'll see what happens to them in the teal turf next year. 
But now we'll move into our little Mid-American Conference recap. Bowling Green loses to Akron. Falcons only able to score three points against a team who has not been very successful in the last five years. Oh, I, I, I really want to comment. I really do. But I'm going to partially bite my tongue here. Look, going into the season, we did a Mac preview show. And there were some of us who made very reasonable claims saying that Bowling Green would win like two games. There were some of us that maybe went out and said that the Falcons would win like five, four, four or five games this year. Not to name names or anything like that. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I sat there. I'm like a very reasonable expectation for the Falcons this year is like two wins. Very reasonable. Very reasonable. It's a young team growing. Second year with Coach Leffler. He's getting the recruits in there. There's a couple of really good recruits coming in next year. A four-star cornerback will be coming to Bowling Green next year. Matt McDonald is supposed to be the guy. He's supposed to be the quarterback who is now sat behind in Leffler's system for, I want to say, three years now. I will say he's been in a system of Scott Leffler's. And he just has not looked good. He hasn't looked comfortable. He hasn't been making many mistakes, but there's just so many questions around this team. Now, th this is not a Bowling Green team to sit there and be disappointed about. There's a lot to look forward to in the future. You know, Terion Stewart, freshman running back, looked really, really good this year. There's young pieces everywhere on this team. Where my concern now lies is, is this team going to be something that can win games next year? Akron was supposed to be the one game that was guaranteed to Bowling Green. But I mean, they've, they've been, they've had, they've been very bad for the past two, three years. The Akron zips have a lot of credit to them to rally around the team and, and go and get a good win. It's a, it's a good win. Um, it, it says a lot about this Akron team's grit, but Bowling Green does not need to become the worst. does not need to become known as the worst team in the Mac. You don't want that reputation. Bowling Green is a good team. It can be a good team down the line. You just got to have patience. Ball State, the biggest surprise in the MAC, beat Central Michigan 45-20. to We'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Eastern Michigan stuns Western Michigan 53-42. to Western had really been on a tear uh, since opening. Uh, they This was their first loss on the season. This sets up a... Cardinals Broncos game this weekend where the winner will go to the Mac title game and face Buffalo. And if you would have told me it was going to be these two teams vying for the Mac championship, I would have told you you were crazy. I was like, we're no one is expecting ball state to be four and one in a six game season, but they have a chance to go and play at Ford field in uh, Detroit. Yeah, and I mean, my the team that I chose to go and, and win it this year is Buffalo. Buffalo comes out of the MAC East. Kent and Miami both got canceled this past week. Buffalo and Ohio both got canceled this past week. Um, and then this week, uh, Bowling Green takes on Miami. Um, that game got canceled. So a lot, of, a lot of games getting canceled. So Buffalo comes out of the MAC East. I don't think it really matters who wins the Ball State-Western Michigan game. I think Buffalo is playing on another level right now, and I think that you're going to see Buffalo run the table regardless. Jarrett Patterson is something else, man. Something else. He really is. And the one thing I can say, this Ball State team was not supposed to be good. They were supposed to be a one, maybe two win team in the MAC West. They've lost one game. That's going to be scary. A team with that much pride coming in, knowing they weren't supposed to be good against Buffalo. I still think Buffalo wins, but I think it's going to be a good game. It's a lot like if you would have told me two years ago that last year it was going to be Central Michigan and Miami facing off for the MAC title, I would have taken you to the hospital because there's I would have thought there was something wrong with you. Miami hadn't been competitive in years. Same with Central Michigan, but the Mac is always full of surprises. Oh, for sure. You can't sleep on the Mac. That's all I'm saying. So that'll take us into the top 10. One through six remains the same. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas A&M, and Florida. Iowa State up two spots to seven. Cincinnati will drop one spot to eight. Georgia... Drops a spot to nine. 
the University of Miami, not Miami, Florida. It's the University of Miami. Miami University is in Ohio. The University of Miami is in Florida. You do not have to add the state. They stay the same at 10. Sorry, I had to go off. <laughs> I wanted to read that entire soapbox. <laughs> soapbox. Soapbox Coast, moment. Uh, Coastal Carolina there went up five to ten after beating BYU, and BYU drops five to eighteen. So Zach, my questions for you: uh, We're gonna have a pop culture reference. Which of these teams are crewmates, and which ones are the imposters? So, uh, in, in the top 10 here, I'm going to limit it just to the top 10. Who is an imposter? Well, first and foremost, Texas A&M. Unfortunately, you are an imposter. Um, only one loss on your resume. It's not bad. Uh, you lost to the number one team in the country. That's the reason why you're up so far. You've beaten some good teams. You've beaten a Florida team. That was really, really good. But you're sitting at five right now, and you're going to be put into a spot where I think you're just going to be stuck at five. So I'd say that you're an imposter in the top 10, just because I, I don't think you're going to go anywhere. Um, the second imposter, because I'm assuming we're playing a two-man game of, of Among Us, um, I'm, I'm going to say that the second imposter amongst this top 10 right now is Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, Georgia's a two-loss team. Georgia's a team that has suffered a lot because of injury and because of a lot of players leading to the NFL. Um I, I, I don't know. I don't think that Georgia's all that good. I don't see why they're up this high. Um, I'd rather see Coastal Carolina up here than Georgia right now. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, my other my other imposter, it's hard to say, but really it's Miami. Like, yeah, they haven't had a bad season. They haven't had a good season. But one through four, six, seven, and eight. I think any of them could play a good game against any team. But I think if you put Texas A&M against Florida, you put Texas A&M against Clemson, Notre Dame, or Ohio State, it's a 20-point loss for the Aggies. Georgia, they just don't look the same. And yeah, they're down low, but I don't think they deserve to be in the top 10. So, I agree with that. Who needs to be higher? Well, if I had to put one team higher than where it currently sits, it would be Iowa State. And it's it's not terribly much higher. I'd probably put them about a spot higher. Um, I think I would put Texas A&M down at seven, Florida at five, and Iowa State at six. Uh, probably, I, I think that would be the best combination that I could do. I can't really move around the top four all that much, just I haven't seen enough of Ohio State to sit and say that they deserve to be the three seed. Um, and I can't really turn and diss Notre Dame. They beat Clemson, even though they were without Trevor Lawrence. I don't think Clemson was all that good of a team this year, but they keep finding ways to win. And that's the reason why they're going to be up so high. Um, the one team that I can turn and say deserves to be higher, I think, is Iowa State. Uh, I agree with you on that. Um, we'll cut, we kind of lumped that in then. What's your top four? Uh, so what is right now, not your after championship games, what as of today is your top four, Zach? If, as of right now, my top four is exactly as it stands. Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. Um, I, I can't really make much moves of it until I, I see championship games. If I, Ohio State loses, Ohio State deserves the fall. If Alabama loses, Alabama deserves the fall. Uh, a lot of it's just dependent upon championship weekend, and I can't really make any changes to it right here, right now. You see, I, I agree with you and everything you said there. My one rearrange in the top four, I would have Notre Dame at one, Alabama at two. That, that's my one complaint. I think Notre Dame has had the tougher schedule. I think Notre Dame has played better than Alabama in a lot of games, but the SEC, the powerhouse SEC in air quotes, even though there's two good teams in the SEC. Meanwhile, you look at a normal year in the big 10, you have four or five teams competing every year off the soapbox. I think it should be number one, Notre Dame, number two, Alabama, number three, Clemson, number four, Ohio state. And the only reason I have Ohio State under Clemson is because 
they missed the, they couldn't play Maryland. They didn't play Illinois and they didn't play Michigan. That's the only reason. So a little bit of a shorter show for us today. We just have a one more thing to really hit. Uh, it was in as we shift gears from basketball or football to basketball, I should say. Uh, and per the source, Zach, I couldn't remember his name. So I just wrote per source. Uh, Duke, the Duke Blue Devils are not going to play any more non-conference games. They're coming off a loss to Illinois in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Do you think this is the right move? Yeah, and I think this starts... I, I mean, I don't know if it's just that Duke is a little sore after that game, but I think what it does is it starts to spell, you know, conference or out-of-conference competition for... Uh, men's basketball specifically men's basketball uh mainly because women's hasn't gone and and made the push yet but men's basketball to turn and be just a lot more conference play now you're seeing a lot of schools already put into their conference play um for example bowling green has now almost moved exclusively into conference play the bowling green falcons basketball team uh they do have another out of conference game against Wright state this weekend but uh, that's besides the point. I think that, you know, COVID-19 has really started to affect a lot of sports and such. Uh, but I think I think men's basketball is going to persevere. But I, I think this is more so that Duke is just a little hurt because they're not playing as well as they could be this year. I agree with that. Uh, coach, I, Coach K is a great coach. I think he's making the wrong decision here. I don't know if he made the decision or if the AD made the decision. But you should be playing these games. Zach. Okay. Right now. I'm, I'm throwing this at you right here, right now. Okay. <laughs> because we're not doing overreaction, underreaction. Who is your favorite slash best college athlete right now? Right. That plays right now. Not of all time. That plays right now. Not of all time. Right oh, now. That is boy, playing right now. It could be basketball. Me. It could be football. Just throw a name. Throw a name. You are putting and tell me, me why. You are putting me on the spot. Oh boy! Okay, you, you want you want a minute? You want Ju- me to throw mine? Justin Fields. I'm not just saying that because okay. he's my Why? team's quarterback. The way he plays, he's not only a game manager; he's one of the best quarterbacks in college football. That one of the best quarterbacks I've seen wear the scarlet and gray. He is. He's he. His football IQ is on a different level. He had a bit of a off game off game against Indiana. Bounced back. Had a great game against Michigan State. And we'll see what he does next week in the Big Ten title game. But I, he's my favorite college athlete that plays right now, Zach. All right, my favorite right now is Justin Turner. I took the easiest possible athlete that either of us could have named, and I'm naming it right now. Justin Turner is one of the best and most dominant players in men's basketball right now. Justin Turner is the type of guy who is going to send teams home in the championship right now. Justin Turner played recently against uh, the Buffalo Bulls this past Sunday. Um In that game, he had 33 points, four rebounds, three assists. 20 of those 33 points came in the final seven minutes of regulation. Let me repeat that. 20 of his 33 points came in the final seven minutes of the game. Justin Turner is making people sad, making a lot of people sad, and it's because he's super dominant. Justin Turner, with that, had his seventh career game of 30-plus points, his third career 33-point game, and that was the first game at the Stroh Center where he dropped 30-plus points. Justin Turner is insane, and the Bowling Green State University Falcons, when they win the MAC this year and enter into the tournament, bookmark this right now. Bowling Green is not going to be an easy out this year in the tournament. I could see them being a 32, maybe even a sweet 16 type of team. Yeah, especially when you add Daquan Plowden in there who can posterize anyone. You're talking about two players with NBA potential. You've got a guard that can shoot like Kyrie. And you've got a forward that can dunk like LeBron. 
And that's not even counting Caden Matheny or Caleb Fields. Like this, this Bowling Green Falcons team, and I'm I'm on a mild tangent here, but this Bowling Green Falcons team has been so well put together by Coach Michael Huger. Not only are they scary in the Mac, they're going to be scary anywhere. You look back at Davidson when they had Stephon Curry. Oh my God, I did it again. I said Stephon Curry with Stephen Steph Curry. Curry. Steph Curry. I don't know why. I'm getting Stephon Diggs and Stephen Curry stuck in my head. <laughs> Steph Curry, when he was at Davidson, the reason he is now as dominant as he is is because he pushed his team through into the tournament. John Morant was taken as high as he was because he took Murray State into the tournament. Bowling Green is going to have a guy like Justin Turner get drafted in the first round of the NBA draft because the fact he is moving his team into the championship levels. I am saying that Justin Turner is going into the NBA. If he keeps playing like this, he could be a lottery pick. I agree completely. He's playing so dominantly right now. He's just somebody that you have to constantly be aware of as long as he's on the floor. He doesn't even need to have the ball in his hand. And then you look at Daquan Plowden. He has a chance to go to the NBA as well. He might have to go through the G League or playing in a different professional league, but he can one. He is probably one of the most athletic forwards in NCAA basketball right now. He can shoot. He can dunk. He can play defense. This Falcons team is scary. So you want my best college athlete right now? It is Justin Turner. Bookmark, highlight it, bold it, italicize it, save it, turn it in as a final. Go Falcons, baby. Go go Falcons. I, Ziggy Zumba, talons up. And we'll end on that positive note before I say something stupid. Zach, any final thoughts on today's show? Hey, all I got to say is that we got a big weekend of college football this weekend. Big weekend of college basketball. Justin Turner is going to drop 30 on Wright State this weekend. Uh, let's hope so. Let's hope so. The Smith and Seidel Show is produced by Zach Smith and Jacob Seidel. Our intro and outro music is by Bobby Quinn Creative Music Production. You can find him on Fiverr.com by searching Bobby Quinn C. He does a great job. Our logo was made by Dylan Hunter, a student here at Bowling Green State University. He also does a great job. I don't know if he is doing commissions now or not. But until next week... For Zach Smith, I am Jacob Seidel signing off and reminding you to stay safe, stay healthy, and I Ziggy Zumba.